what you want to do is you want to take out any sort of thinking that they have to do when they look at your resume or CV. You want it to immediately resonate, and you do that by using the exact words that you're seeing in openings. Welcome to Hardly Working, a podcast about how we can improve work, life, and everything in between. These are recordings from live conversations on Fishbowl, a social network where professionals of the same industry have anonymous career conversations. You can join us live next time on the Fishbowl app. We have events every day. All right, let's get right into it. So welcome, everyone. Very excited for today. I am Larissa Malici. I am a job search coach. I own a company called Career Change What, where I help people with all things job search, whether that be um, figuring out what you want to do next, how to optimize your resume or LinkedIn profiles, you know, so that you look like the perfect candidate for the jobs that you're looking for, how to effectively search for jobs that you're finding job openings that you're really interested in and not just, you know, seeing the same old thing. Um, how to utilize your network in order to get interviews. I'm very pro networking to get your foot in the door and interviews, no cover letters, easy apply is like last resort only um, in my book because it really is the most effective way to get interviews is to be a referral and then how to prep for your interviews and of course, how to negotiate a killer salary and job offer in general. So uh, I think, you know, let's go ahead and let's get started. To Sarkanta, you're now you on stage. What's your question? So what do you think about CV, resume? Do you think recruiters have a, a software in place which they use to sort of automate a shortlisting? Do you feel there are specific keywords that, you, that we should look to uh, include in our resume, which, uh, which, which could potentially land us in dozens of interviews or do you think uh, most of it is done manually and we should look to have content in place instead of looking for random keywords? Yeah. So, you know, um, a resume or a CV is unfortunately an annoying formality that you still need to have. So you want to have a good one. And um, one of the best ways to resume or to resume, to optimize your resume or CV is to look at the words that you're seeing across the positions that you want to apply for. And the words that you're seeing most in common is wanting to make sure that you're using those exact words, um, especially, you know, across like industries. It The nomenclature, it can definitely differ even when they're talking about the same thing. So you want to make sure that you're using those exact words so it matches one-to-one. Basically, what you want to do is you want to take out any sort of thinking that they have to do when they look at your resume or CV. You want it to immediately resonate, and you do that by using the exact words that you're seeing in openings. However, what you, I think, kind of touched upon is a lot of these aren't being manually reviewed. Uh, a lot of times, companies use what's called the ATS, the Applicant Tracking System, and what that does is they put in these very specific words that they're looking for in resumes, and it kind of orders um, applicants based on that. So what you'll see is, especially on a lot of like these jobs, like if you look at LinkedIn, it'll tell you, um, you know, 200, 300 people have already applied. So you have to imagine like, even if you are a top tier candidate and you're perfect for the position, it's is your resume or CV, is it the exact one-to-one on what is 
you know, what is being put into the ATS. So that's, it's kind of like a guessing game. It's not really in your favor. So really, that's one of the things I encourage is if you're really, really interested in a job and you really want to get an interview is to look for people at the company that either you already know a connection or that, you know, you might have mutual connections with, which you can easily find on LinkedIn when you look up the company under the company, it'll list out all the people who work there. So looking at that, I'll tell you the connections that you have and reaching out to somebody that you might have a stronger connection with and asking them to pass along your resume to the hiring manager or recruiter. The reason you want to do that is because then you aren't just another piece of paper in the ATS. You are a person. You are a referral and referrals get interviews. And obviously you need to interview to get jobs. So you you get it. So I I say, obviously you want to have a good resume or CV, but it's not the end all be all, um, you know, optimize maybe, you know, one or two different ones, depending on if there's different nomenclatures that you're finding across. Um, one that might, you know, maybe specific for one industry type, one for another. And really, I would focus on networking and utilizing, um, you know, connections or making fresh connections in order to become a referral to get interviews. That was a, a, a very long answer. Do you have any follow-up questions? <laughs> Uh, no, nothing as of now. I think that was a very thorough answer, which pretty much covered everything that I, I need to have. I mean, okay. it should have reiterated. I followed a bit of it when I was uh, doing my job search. Yeah. Um, do you feel being in notice period helps? Uh, do you think when someone is in notice period, does it uh, really add up uh, uh, to their uh, sort of ally? I mean, do you think it, it really helps them? Do you think someone who is, for instance, 90 days of NP will be at a disadvantage compared to someone who is at so 30 days of NP? I really, I don't think so. I think it really is about like the strengths of your experience. Um, if you know someone, like really, there's a reason there's the saying, it's all about who you know. And especially exactly. when you're job hunting, it's it's really getting your foot in the door. Even if you don't have a connection at a place, like look at for someone that, um, you know, is also doing the same position as you, strike up a conversation with them on LinkedIn, you know, mm-hmm reach out to them, connect to them and tell them, you know, like, Hey, I was thinking of doing the same thing. Um, just wondering, you know, how do you like it there? Would you recommend it? Um, you know, maybe some like more specific questions. You don't want to like interview them. So like one or two questions at a time, just to, um, build a bit of rapport and then ask them, you know, if they'll pass along your resume to the hiring Mm -hmm. manager recruiter. And the other thing to take into consideration is, in general, it's in people's nature that we actually really like to help each other, right? Like that, it's why you see like these like good natured videos um, all over like TikTok and Instagram um, of people like helping each other. It, it really is within human nature. But in addition to that, people usually get referral bonuses, and so yeah, let's let's be real. Money talks, and so they're like, oh, actually. This could be um, money in my pocket if you're hired. So you'd be pleasantly surprised. People are really willing um, to pass along information, have you become a referral. Um, Not everyone's going to respond and don't be daunted by that. Just keep messaging people until they do. Um, And yeah, get your foot in the door that way. Absolutely. 
Yeah, so uh, I do have another question. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm taking too much time out of this uh, session. It's all right. We'll, just, we'll do the last one so I can get to other questions. <laughs> Go ahead. I was wondering if we could leverage the same skills to get a new role within a same organization in terms of getting a new role internally. Do you have any advice for that? For instance, if I want to explore a new role within the organization, uh, like is there anything special that I need to keep in mind? I mean, and that every situation is different because all companies work, um, obviously, like differently. But so typically, I would say, you know, reaching out to like your HR, your internal recruiters and connecting with them and just letting them know that you do have like interests in other positions, um, because then, you know, they're the ones who know about the openings first and befriending them is really the golden ticket, because then when there are openings, that is your friend, they are going to, you know, touch base with you and let you know that, hey, like we're hiring for it because companies do want to hire within usually before bringing in new talent. It's just a lot easier. And then also on top of that, they already know that, you know, you're a sure thing. They already know your track record. They know everything about you. And so you're more likely, assuming you're on good good standings, um, you're more likely to get that position than for them to hire outside mm-hmm. anyways. Exactly. Thank so, you yeah, so befriend, much for that. Yeah, no problem. So befriend your HR and recruiters internally and externally. Like they they really are golden ticket to new jobs. All right. I'm going to go with another question. Thank you so much. I changed fields for my current role, worked in marketing for years, and now work in pharma reporting. And I'm having a hard time finding new roles in my current field. And I'm worried my past experience is pushing my application to the bottom of the pile. Any suggestions on how to revamp resume to bring the last four and a half years to the forefront? Um, So I think when this happens, again, I think especially in a case like this, networking is going to be one of your best ways because then your referral can't explain it to you. So I would say even like in instances like this, if you have other friends who are, you know, in the industry, so pharma reporting, or make friends, like just reach out to people on LinkedIn and just let me know, looking to reach out to like other people in the industry. People do that to me all the time. Um, I think, you know, always sending a note and having contacts to when you're looking to connect with somebody that you haven't met before on LinkedIn, it goes a long way. And then just connecting with them and asking them if they know of any positions, kind of like talking to them. I think that's like a great way to get your foot in the door, um, you know, without, uh, or especially since, you know, there's um, different different types of experience um, on your resume. Another thing that you can do, though, is you can go ahead and you can, like, categorize your resume. So, for instance, I have two different resumes. I have one that highlights some of um, my more, like, entrepreneurial um, type things. So, being a career coach, my dog is also an influencer, Ralphie NYC. Little little plug there. Uh, <laughs> so, but you know that is um, that's a mini job in itself. Uh, and then I also I co-founded a brewing company years ago in New York City. Um, and so all those go towards entrepreneurial experience. So especially when you know I'm being presented to maybe a smaller company or a startup, I usually use that resume. And at the top, I have it categorized entrepreneur experience. I have those. Then under it, I have advertising slash tech experience. And then that's where I put all of my product manager. So I think you can do the same thing as I think you could have, um, you know, put pharma reporting at the top, 
the experience that you have in there, and then marketing. Make sure that each section is still in chronological order. Like you don't want to just like pick your favorites and have it all over the place. But I do think that by doing that, you can pull up your more relatable experience um, to the top. And, you know, it's clear that isn't your only experience that you do also have this other experience. And so this way, um, as they're reading it, it'll make a little bit more sense, you know, especially if that's not like your most recent job. All right, Mohammed, you want to ask your question? Yeah. So I am a data engineer working in a service-based company and uh, I have actually quite two years of experience. I mean, not complete two years, but yeah, close to two years. And um, I was looking for a different uh, job in the same domain, although I want to be in the same data analytics domain. I mean, I think I'm reaching a saturation point of of the skill sets. So I I was looking for a change in a different kind of uh, work that is being done. So right now it's a service base, so it's very, very systematic and everything. So I was just wondering if a startup would be a good platform for a new guy like me to explore? You know, it's all about what you're looking for. Um, Obviously, when you are working at a startup, they are open to people wearing many hats. So, you know, you might be hired for the experience that you have. But I think when you do express interest and other types of things, they are usually very open to that because it's like, you know, not to sound negative, but it does end up sometimes being like, how much can we like stretch out of a person? I've worked at plenty of startups. Um, It's not for the meek to say the very least, because a lot of times it really is about putting like your heart and soul into building a company. And so they do like to tap onto people to do many things. So that definitely could be an opportunity for you. One thing to keep in mind with that is work-life balance in startups usually isn't the best. And it's, it's not for all, but in general, um, you usually are working, you know, pretty long hours. But the benefit of that is a lot of times you also get shares. So as the company does well, you do well. And if the company sells, you do very well. So that is, you know, the big, the big pro to it and to take into consideration. So that's why I say it's all what you're looking for. And depending on, you know, what stage of your career that you're in, Um, another way, though, is like, even what I would say is other people who are doing what you want to switch to that you're friends with, whether it be at your current company, at another company, those are the people that you should be talking to and showing interest with because it's another one of those things where the more that people can vet for you, the more that hiring managers are willing to take a chance on you. In general, if you have the experience or not. I, many years ago, was at a startup that did Facebook fan pages. So, you know, that's, it's been a minute ago when it was all those like quizzes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I, they were looking for a new UX person. And I told them, one of my friends who was looking into get into more like design area, I was like, I will train him myself. I'm like, he's very smart. He really, you know, he is very adaptable and I know he's a quick learner. I've taught him like many things myself, but they took a chance on him. And, you know, now he's been like a director of UX like at Microsoft. So, but it was really, you know, me knowing, sticking my neck out for him, letting them know like he's really smart and they were willing to take a chance based on my word. And so I think if you can find other like coworkers and friends who are doing what you want to do, that is a great way where they can say, Hey, Muhammad is really smart. I know he can do this. 
Um, he has like this other experience that kind of, you know, blends over to it. Having somebody vouch for you will go really a long way. Another thing to consider if you don't have the experience in this like new thing that you want is like taking a class, so many different classes out there and they're not all, you know, these long daunting, like it could be even something that you do like over the course of a few nights or a weekend, you can throw that into your experience. Cause not one thing I think people get really hung up on is thinking that all experience has to be professional experience. Like you have to be paid for it. And that's not true, especially I'm sure, you know, like, you know, in like software, like engineering, a lot of people are self-taught and, you know, didn't learn it in school or maybe, you know, just like took some classes. So I think that's like another way um, that you can approach it as well is, you know, getting the experience yourself. So then um, you are able to speak to it and have a better chance at switching over into those roles. Agree, agree to your point. And one takeaway for me would be networking (laughs) in the same field that I want to be. Right. Thanks for the clarity and thanks for the answer. Yeah, no problem. And, you know, networking is awkward and it doesn't come naturally for most. I will talk to anyone. So for me, obviously a little bit easier, but even for me, you know, it's, it is an awkward thing. I've had friends, clients, they're like, this just feels so unnatural. And I'm like, yeah, but the more you do it, the less you will like now during your job hunt, the less you'll have to in the future because you'll be able to find a job much quicker um, by just getting it all the way. Just embrace the awkwardness of networking with people that you don't know, talking to people that you don't know, because it really is the quickest way to getting interviews and getting a new job. All right, Natasha. Yes, I just kind of wanted to riff off of your experience in startups. And I'm really happy that Somebody has already brought it up here, but I also have the majority of my experiences like working with startups, specifically in like product design um, and product marketing and like development. And the field that I have been as been in has been like luxury, like beverages, like health, like health and wellness, like can euphorics um, and Sephora. And so like being able to like bridge the health and wellness scene, at least like where I'm from, which is New York City with like tangible product design, product marketing, and like solid, like a, like a solid, like development workflow has been really helpful in building like a holistic work, I guess like a work schedule. Right. And then I've saw, like, I've saw these companies like just flourish and eventually be sold. And so I've actually stayed on from like the very beginning and oversaw like the initial like product testing all the way to like completing my journey with them and essentially seeing them off just to be like popped back into another startup. And I'm worried that all of the time that I have spent in startups is taking away from my like it real world experience in the job sphere, if you will. Like it almost appears as if it's more freelance, if anything. And then there are a couple There's nothing wrong with, I am a career freelancer over 11 years, but I get, yeah. So what's your question? You're nervous that um, this doesn't resonate as like professional experience? Yeah, I guess so. Like I'm worried that it doesn't resonate as much like professionally as it would, I guess, like a more like concrete uh, title, if that makes sense. And also like the Um, gaps in my resume too. So I have million gaps in my resume because I am a freelancer. And Mm -hmm. honestly, 
people don't really care to look at that. Like, okay, especially well. <laughs> like nowadays, like, you know, people take sabbaticals, people take time off. People are traveling a lot more people having children, taking care of, you know, sick relatives. There's like a million reasons for having gaps in the resume. And I think that has become a lot more common. So unless you're like out of work for years, nobody really questions it. I haven't had anyone in 11 years question why I haven't worked in like three months. And not to say that it won't happen because, you know, there are like those people, I'm rolling my mm-hmm. eyes out yeah. there. <laughs> like, in case you couldn't tell my, in my voice, yes. I, I roll at the people who do ask that. But honestly, I wouldn't worry about it. It's usually just like, if they do, it's a formality. And you just have to, anything with like, when you're interviewing is it, the more confidence that right. you like emote, the more likely, you know, you look, you come off as candidate that they're looking for. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, just making sure that you're like confident in what you want to say. So, and believing it. So I think like, especially like in your case where you're like, okay, I keep like starting these things and then, you know, I'm tipped off to like to the next, that's totally fine. And I think you can even, um, you can put that, like, I would work that into your resume, like into maybe like one of like the top bullets, like, collaborated with whoever, you know, mm-hmm, department mm-hmm. or people as a product designer for the startup, yeah. working the word startup into all of these. So this way okay. that it, it reads um, that these are startups and that's why they are like short-lived. Um, right, you know, right. I think, I think you can like, you can find a way to put that. I have a friend who is an amazing resume writer. So if you, if anyone needs help with their resume, definitely DM me either on fishbowl or on Instagram. My handle on Instagram is at career change. What? And, um, I can connect you with him. He's definitely a genius wordsmith. His name is Dan. I'm like at a loss for his last name right now. But yeah, so it's definitely, I think you can just tell the story in a different way that you okay. feel more confident about that you, and then also like, there's, there's nothing wrong with hopping around like to startups. It's a lot of hard work. So if anything, I think right. people just like realize you're ready to, you know, mm-hmm. pull your bootstraps I, up and get to work. So you have to like, you know, look at like the positives of it. It's like, yeah, it might be like a little bit more shorter term, but that's mm-hmm. still experience. Right. That's hell of experience. Like that it's not easy, especially if you've worked at startups, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was just like looking back over my um, professional experience, if you will. And I saw that my development and my growth within the startup sphere was really, really stable up until I, up until like the emergence of like TikTok and how prevalent that's been in marketing at least. Then it just shows I kind of like hop around a little bit because I was able to make with the one startup I was with, I was able to create like an immense KPI and basically start her like TikTok off from like zero followers to like 5 million in under nine months. And that like made like the marketing teams and everybody on marketing and also like our onboarding team just completely more streamlined and more effective, right? Because we were able to dial in on like what exactly we needed at that point um, and then what was going to come from partnerships. And so explaining that also on a resume is a little bit difficult where I found it more like 
I found myself like more able to do so in a cover letter because it either looks like I'm lying or I'm like it's insanely overworked. (laughs) No, I don't think so. So I think uh, honestly, I think a lot of this is like you like projecting what you think other people are, but it's not necessarily what they are thinking, especially in startups, especially in product design, especially in New York City. Like that's also where I lived for 17 years and worked, still work, um, even though I'm not living there still now. You know, I I think a lot of this, um, like, really is more about, like, you just have to, like, believe in, like, what you've done and how much work it is and not question it as much or think that other people are because I really doubt they are. I think it's just maybe it's displaying it in, like, such a way that it feels more clear. Yeah, message me and I'll send you. And actually, I found it. It's uh, Daniel Catalan. He's an amazing resume writer. I used to write resumes. It just took up way too much of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all he does. And he is incredible at it. Um, so I would I would say you should connect with him. And he could definitely, I think, help you write it out in a way that you're like, it feels more clear and you feel like more confident about yeah. it. Let's bring Vikram up. Yeah, my question is like, uh, I'm working in a multinational company now. So I will be getting offer in mid-sized company. So is it a good option or not? Sorry, so you got an offer at another company is what you said? Yeah, it's, it's another company and it's a mid-sized company. Presently, I'm working in a multi multinational company. It's a global. Now getting a new offer, it's a small company. Okay. I think, you know, I... It, really is subjective. It depends on what you're looking for and what your priorities are. Um, do you feel that this new opportunity fits your priorities more? Yeah, kind of. Well, we, w- w- what's the kind of? Like, are there some things that your current company do provide that this new company isn't that you're worried about? This uh, into the same applications I'm supporting. So I guess what what is making you consider this new role or even be hesitant about it, I should say? Uh, Maybe in the new role, I can find the new more opportunities. Okay. So I think, you know, it really, it's about what's your priority. And that's like part of really like understanding your career clarity, which I, um, is another thing I always like talk about is, you know, if you were running a race, you, you wouldn't start running it unless you knew where the finish line was, right? You wouldn't just like randomly just like start running and not know where you're going to be stopping. Your job search is kind of the same. Like you, you really need to understand where your priorities lie and like what you're looking for in order to know if an opportunity is right for you or not. So I think, you know, understanding what are your top priorities. For a lot of people, um, more common things are, work-life balance, salary, money, you know, of course, the work that you're actually doing, maybe uh, a location, you know, nowadays, like a lot of people um, would prefer to work remote. So I think it's just really, I would, you know, ask yourself what it is that you're looking for and what, where your priorities lie and which company is, or to your point, you also said, I think you touched upon um, opportunity for growth that, you know, might be something if that's what you're looking for. So it's really like, what is your main priorities and which company is more apt to offer them to you? 
So one of the things I was going to mention, but seems opportune now is I do have an online program called Find a New Job Fast. And it consists of five guides. And it basically is everything that you need to find and land a new job quickly, effectively. So this way, it's like exactly what you need to be doing. No like fluff or like extras. And one of them, the very first guide is career clarity, career clarity and figuring out what you want to do. Um, my second guide is about how to optimize a resume um, and LinkedIn profile so that you look like the perfect candidate for what you are applying to. My third one and my most popular one is up your search and network a new job. That one, it really is just like how to effectively find open positions that you're looking for that really match exactly what you want rather than just seeing the same job listings over and over again, or just finding ones that you're like, this isn't even what I'm looking for. Like, how did this even like show up in my results? So being able to like just effectively find, and there's different other out of the box ways um, that I list as well to find job openings. And then really like harping in, I'm like how to find the best people to network with exactly what to say to them. Um, I have a whole template that you can just copy and paste messages. You don't even have to think about it yourself, especially because we talked about it is very awkward. (laughs) It can be for a lot of people. So you don't have to think about it. Just copy and paste from the template. The fourth one is all about interview prep because you know, if you get these interviews, you want to make sure that you nail it, going in confident, having answers. So this way you're getting the job offer And then my last guide is money, honey, salary negotiation, so that you really have a good idea, the salary that you should be expecting, you should be asking for um, in case it's, you know, not clear, like up front and they have you throw out a number. This way, you know what number you are worth and should be asking for. And then how to just like negotiate the best salary and offer. You can get one guide. You can get all of them. If you buy the full, find a new job fast program. It does come with some extra bonuses like resume templates, networking message templates, job tracker, um, some fun little things. But I do think Vikram, like maybe the career clarity one could be good for you. Um, Cause it sounds like, you know, you're not entirely sure which of these are, and it's um, a written exercise. Uh, it probably takes, I, I think um, about an hour to do. And you just follow um, the writing prompts that I have in my guide And I think at the end, um, you know, you'll have a much, it should be much more clear which of these opportunities, you know, match your priorities. So something to think about. So Danielle, what's your question? I wanted to just know your professional opinion. You know, in today's competitive job market, we're seeing so many roles get filled up with applications, like within, with like 20, 200 to 20 applicants within the first 24 hours, right? And so- what advice, you know, are you having to kind of not only, you know, confidently, you know, speak to your key successes, but also differentiate yourself, but not seem like an outlier either, right? When you're really trying to come across and convey that you're best suited for the role in the company. You got to become a referral. You got to find somebody at the company who can vouch for you. Uh, that really is going to be it. Recently, a client of mine, she found a job at a very like popular hotel chain And they had over 300 applicants for the job, but she went on LinkedIn and saw somebody that she used to work with worked there and she asked them to pass along a resume and she got an interview. Yeah, that really 
in general, that's always going to be your best way um, to get your foot in the door. But especially these positions, to your point, you know, they have hundreds of applicants. It's like how even if you try to stand out, you don't know what they're looking for. Like we aren't mind readers. So it's really just a lot of guesswork. And, you know, I do see like other coaches that are like, you just have to optimize your resume. And like, here's how you like beat the ATS. And that is exhausting because you'd have to do that for every single job exactly. opening. I'm like, who has that kind of time? Not me. I mean, it's um, resume burnout. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it, that just sounds like my worst nightmare. And so that's why I really just like reiterate is like networking and the thing of it is, is like even people I know, people I don't know, people aren't always going to respond to you. People are busy. Maybe they're not active on LinkedIn. Maybe they just forget. Like, you know, there's a million reasons. Like we're just like inundated with life. You know, everyone is just like messages all over the place. It easily slips through the cracks. And so that's why I say it's just like, honestly, just messaging people like not like as many like pumping out the messages as much as like you can trying to network with as many people as you can for these like key positions that like you really like want to go for somebody is going to answer you building you know just a small rapport with them like and I've had people do that what I worked at Spotify years ago and literally everyone came out of the woodworks um <laughs> people I knew people I didn't know or didn't know um and it, it really you know, and people who I thought were good candidates who were reaching out to me, I passed along to the recruiter because again, it's in within human nature, like wanting to help people. It was an easy thing for me to do. And then also like, I'm like friends with these recruiters. I work with them all the time trying to get myself hired. And so, you know, being able to help out a friend, like they have to fill these positions. So for me, it's so easy to just like take, you know, a few minutes to like look at somebody and be like, oh yeah, this is a good fit send it over to a recruiter and be like, hey, I don't know this person. <laughs> they reached out to me on LinkedIn and I think they could be a good fit for this position. The recruiters are so grateful and thankful for that because you're helping make their jobs easier too. So it really like is a thing. Um, I'm not just like making this up. Um, networking is clutch. A lot more people are doing it. And those are the people who are getting interviews and getting the jobs. So that's what I um, would say. And they get, you know, reiterating if people are like, uh, how do I do that? You can download my guide up your search and network a new job. I have screenshots and like real life examples of like exactly how to do to find the best people to network with and what to say to them. Yeah. Thanks so much, Larissa. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Good luck. I've got a couple DMs, so I'm going to hit up some of these. I got laid off from my contract job in May after three months with no real explanation. Since then, I've gotten part-time jobs and gigs, but I miss corporate, like X, Verizon, Google, Autodesk in that order. I want to go full-time, but I keep getting denied with no idea what is actually holding me back. One insight I have is that I talk too much during interviews due to an anxiety condition. I'm talking to a therapist and taking medication, but still not clicking. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I talk a lot as well. Um, so I think for this, maybe it's just more about knowing exactly what you want to say, anxiety or not. Um, I think, you know, maybe it's just like prepping better for these like interviews. Um, and so that this way, I think like going in and if you have a better idea of like what you want to answer and what you want to say, that it might help you not 
talk quite as much. It might even help with your like anxiety because you're going in like feeling a little bit more confident um, that you know what you're going to answer. I would also say what I find with a lot of people, and I think, you know, we were touching upon it a little bit earlier with the other guest that came up. It also might be something where you are already like, oh, I'm going to talk too much. It's in your head. I'm going to talk too much in this interview. I'm probably not going to get it. Or, you know, they're going to wonder why I was like laid off or So I think another thing is to get all of these, like this would definitely be a great thing to talk to a therapist about is like getting all of these things that you're projecting that they're going to think out of your head and going into it more confident, like I am the best applicant. This is why. And I really do think when you prep properly for your interviews, it helps you build that confidence Um, one of my tricks I do for every interview, it doesn't matter what it is, even if I'm talking with like a friend I've worked with before, which is like half my interviews is creating a cheat sheet. And basically what you do is the job description that for the job that you're applying to, like each of the roles and responsibilities listed, basically put a question mark at the end of each of them, right? So you're making it kind of a quiz for yourself and whether it's a full answer or, um, you know, if it is like project-based, like, you know, for many of us, like just putting like a project there. So knowing like for each of these roles and responsibilities, which is, I mean, they're not going to ask like each like thing, but you know, there's going to be like some sort of that like book context in the interview is knowing that you have a piece of your experience that you can use for each of them. And it doesn't have to be a different quote unquote answer for each of them. You can definitely use the same one um, because I think that even like helps like build upon your answers and paint a full picture for them. But you do want a little bit of uh, variety if you can, like, you know, maybe like utilize at least like two, three, four different projects or pieces of your experience that do relate to the roles or responsibilities. So creating the cheat sheet, just to recap, is essentially putting a question mark at the end of each of the rules and responsibilities and creating a quote unquote answer, which is really just like your experience that applies to that. Hope that helps. All right. We have Michael. So what's your question? I have a question around uh, your resume versus LinkedIn. I'm not, I'm kind of confused as to whether to create a high-level synopsis of your roles throughout your career in LinkedIn? Or do you just basically copy and paste what you have in your resume into LinkedIn for search purposes? So I'm, I'm kind of like not understanding. I don't really know what, what is best. Okay, so you actually are ahead of the game and you nailed it. What you want to do is under experience on your LinkedIn, that should mirror your resume, right? So just copy and paste. So each like position, copy and paste the bullets in there. You totally nailed it. Like you for search purposes. But the other two things um, that you definitely want um, to hit upon because they rank even higher in the LinkedIn search, which I will say is never been said, but everyone is like kind of just like gathered as much based on like testing is you also have your headline, which is, you know, at the top of your profile. And so making sure that you're utilizing like other words that are really like things that 
paint a picture about like what you're doing in your position or also, you know, the position that you're looking for, you can do that by like when you're finding, when you're finding job openings that you want to apply to mm-hmm. and seeing like, what are like the things like that they're, everyone is asking for and looking for, um, you can go ahead. So after your position, like do a slash and, you know, if, and then put like a couple of those in there, like manages, da da da, creates, da da da, and utilizing those words. Like the basically, you want to think of your headline as like your billboard, right? You want right. people to get a good idea, like a good snapshot of you are, but it needs to be like quick and snappy. Like people who are like, I blah, 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 like nobody's reading that. You just need to be like, <laughs> if you're driving along the highway, somebody could read it. Another thing, you're talking about the synopsis. So in your about, that's where you want to write your synopsis. That's when you want to be like, I have this many years experience, you know, doing this. And this is like where I've worked. This is what I've done. Um, Another great thing to do is, you know, highlights include, and then just like pulling up like some like real, you you know, so you're like proudest career moments. And the more that you can, you know, this goes, I feel like, you know, the same thing with like resumes, the more that you can like, quantify those things, numbers impress people. It's like a total like psychological thing. The more that Mm -hmm. you can put like numbers and quantify um, those things in your, in your highlights also goes a really long way because all of this adds up into the search. Another thing, what's good about the about (laughs) um, section is this is a chance that if there's something like, so for instance, um, Like I have a friend who is vegan and she'd really like to work for a vegan company, but her experience, like she hasn't, you know, other than like, um, like personal things, she really hasn't worked at like vegan companies before. So that's not really like in her experience and her about, she states like her passion about it, all the things around it, her interest in it. So this way, even though it's not in her experience, it's clear in her about that's what she's looking for. So if you want to like personalize it, if there's a certain industry or group, like that's where you can also kind of like wink at that, call it out so that it's showing up in search. But then also when people are hiring managers and, you know, people that you're interviewing with, they're going to your LinkedIn profile, they're looking at it. So this is also just, giving them, you know, a little bit more personal information about you that maybe you wouldn't be able to work into an interview they can read in the about. Right. Well, this has been really super helpful, Larissa. I mean, you answered, yeah, it's funny because I asked one question, but you also answered the other two that I had (laughs) because I knew I could only ask one, but you went through it all. This is great. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. That was great. It's not my first rodeo, so I I Uh, usually, (laughs) usually able to know what these follow-up questions are going to be. Okay. Thank you so much. Since we only have a few minutes left, I'm going to go ahead and just do one more. I have 90 days notice period in my organization due to which I am not getting much interview calls as the notice period is too long. How do I overcome this? Um, that's a really great question. Um, what I personally would say is even though you have a 90 days, no, oh, oh, wait a minute. I see. I was thinking like you had 90 days notice, like, cause unfortunately there's a lot of layoffs right now. Like that was it, but your organization has a 90 days notice. That's kind of absurd. <laughs> like, I honestly think I've never dealt with that before. 
I would look into, I've never heard that. Usually two weeks is standard, maybe a month, but three months is an absurdly long. I would look at like, what is like, I guess the quote unquote, like penalty to not adhering by that, because that really is a long um, notice period. So I would maybe look deeper into your employment letter and contract and understanding if you don't give that 90 days notice period, what happens there or even like talking to HR about it. Um, Because I would say it sounds like it would behoove you to actually take a new job and just not abide by that notice period. This is a little outside of my expertise, but that is just, um, that's my personal opinion. That's what I would do is figure out what the repercussions are if you do give a shorter notice. Usually two weeks is standard. I've also heard of like a month, especially if you're like upper management. So I would just look into what the repercussions are and I would probably just, you know, give like the courtesy, like, two weeks, four weeks notice, which I feel like should be more than enough. This has been so great. And if you guys have additional questions, um, feel free to DM me. Things that I can quickly answer, I'll definitely answer. Or what I can also do is um, point you to references where, um, whether it's one of my guides, whether it's one of the other career coaches that I'm friends with, um, something they might be able to help you with. If it's more in depth, uh, I can definitely point you in the right direction. So you can feel free to DM me um, here on the Fishbowl app, or you can find me on Instagram um, and LinkedIn at Career Change What. If you go to the original event, you can listen to this entire event again. And there's also links to um, everything of mine. So in case you're like, career change what? (laughs) Uh, The links are all there so that you can definitely get a hold of me. And until next time, uh, hopefully I'll see you guys in the DMs or Instagram. Good luck with your job hunt. Have a great rest of the week. And I really do wish all of you success in your job searches. That's all, folks. Thanks again for listening to Hardly Working. Join us live next time and talk directly to the speakers and, who knows, end up here. Fishbowl is a social network where professionals of the same industry have anonymous career conversations. You can download Fishbowl on the App Store or Google Play. If you want to host a Fishbowl live event, get in touch at live at fishbowlapp.com. See you soon. <laughs>